This podcast is brought to you by Glitterati Communications. Learn more about Glitterati at BeGlitterati.com. What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Welcome to a special series of Art Pays Me interviews with the winners of the 2022 Creative Nova Scotia Awards. These awards are presented by Arts Nova Scotia and the Creative Nova Scotia Leadership Council. They are presented annually to celebrate excellence in artistic achievement, notably the Portia White Prize. Winners of the Prix Grand Prix, the Established Artist, Emerging Artist, Indigenous Artist Recognition, and Black Artist Recognition Awards, as well as the Creative Community Impact Award are also honored. Collectively, the awards are worth $75,000. Visit artsns.ca for information on how you can nominate a Nova Scotia-based artist or apply for awards and grants for yourself. These episodes were co-produced by Heist and Kiki Beats. On this episode, I'm chatting with Sarah Prosper, the recipient of the Indigenous Artist Recognition Award. We talk about what it's like being able to embrace her culture and live a life of dance at the same time. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Uh, What's your name? Your pronouns and where are you based? Gwe, Indelusi Sarah Prosper. Today we wear Gustahani First Nation. Hello, my name is Sarah Prosper. I'm from Eskazoni First Nation and my pronouns are Nin Negum, which means they or them, or she or her. Great. So, what is your artistic medium? My artistic medium is dance. Um, I'm an indigenous dance mover, uh, artistic mover and artistic director. Um, new to the professional world of it, um, but have been dancing and doing this since I was two years old. Mm-hmm. So how would you say living in Nova Scotia like, impacts the, the art that you make? I think that Living in Nova Scotia, or Mi'kma'ki, as I would call it, mm-hmm. um, impacts the work because I, everything I do is about the land I live off of. And everything I move about is about where I come from, which is Mi'kma'ki. And I bring that into my artwork in a way that helps Mother Earth speak for us. Um, so I share that perspective as a Mi'kmaq person and those histories within it. Um, but also I share those dark histories of, of Nova Scotia and that Nova Scotia holds. And I tell the, I tell the truth through the movement that I share. So that's how it impacts. Uh, yeah. So like speaking of the, the truth, mm. how, how complicated is it for you when you hear talks about truth and reconciliation these days? And, mm. uh, yeah. When I hear talks about truth and reconciliation, I get a little bit of um, 
sort of mixed feelings about where we are um, in terms of reconciliation. Because people move quickly to that second word before they talk about the truth of our histories. And there's so many layers to that. Me simply as an artist, um, I can't bring out all of those stories within my works, mm -hmm. but I can help share those. Yeah. Um, so that frustrates me sometimes because I know there are places in Nova Scotia that are still struggling um, to understand what this means mm -hmm. um, as a society in general, um, but as people who should be kind to one another and, and share that part of our history and past. Um, and more specifically, I guess, to my personal life in Truth and Reconciliation, um, where my family um, was centralized during residential schools and when they were existing. Um, my grandmother never went and my grandfather never went to residential school, but my parents, my mom, sorry, my dad, <laughs> I guess I'm going to revert that. No, thinking about the history of residential school um, and my grandmother, who never went to residential school, but also was a part of that time in the 60s scoop um, in fighting and saving her life by hiding um, and saving my grandfather and my father who went to Indian Day School um, and the layers of family um, who I live with and who have raised me um, impact my life. So when you come from a history and, and life that now today suddenly recognizes it in a single day uh, called September 30th, Truth and Reconciliation Day, um, it can be hard. And it can be hard to, to let the world in on such a thing and, and that makes you who you are right now, today. So that is why I dance partly too, to help those, those really dark parts of, of, our, of our past um, and present mm -hmm. and, and show that through movement and share that through song and dance and in a, in a way prove that we're still here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's important as someone who's a, a more recent settler, I wasn't born in uh, Mi'kma'ki. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a lesson that I had to learn, and it was very, like, shocking to me to, to have to learn that uh, as, a, as a newcomer. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned you've been dancing since you were five. Two. Uh, two, sorry. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, did you ever picture when you were this little teeny tiny kid uh, that you would be doing this as a profession? I did dream about it. Okay. I did dream about this, this life of, of dance and, and living um, as a dancer as I got older. Um, but I never had the people around me to sort of say that you can get there ah. or that that is a possible thing in my lifetime. Um, more so than ever, people would say that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I believed them sometimes. I did believe those things. And I, and I did go to university not for dance. Um, and, I, and I 
fulfilled things and different paths that I also was passionate about, um, like recreation therapy and youth and children in healthcare. But I did love dance the most, and I still do. And I wish I could tell that, that little girl, I wish my own self when I was little, that, you know, follow, the, follow that little dream that you had about being a dancer, because you can. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like, mm. uh, as you know, creatives, we kind of have that experience of they're trying to protect us from ourselves in some yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then it's also it'd be great if we had these possibility models that we could see in front of us of someone mm. who's been successful doing these things. Yeah. Uh, so that we can know it's possible and tell our family they should feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, with us doing that stuff. So um, if you. I uh, could think of like a particular piece of work that you're really proud of mm. that uh, stands out for you. What would that be? Um, a particular piece of work would be Samgwan. Okay. Which is a show I, I just most, my first ever show I ever directed and the only one I've ever done, um, which is a show about water mm. um, and the sacredness of water and the inequities in which indigenous peoples face in having clean drinking water. Mm -hmm. And I made this show just over, over a year ago in 2021, in, the, in April of 2021, um, when the Highland Arts Theatre approached me um, to write a show, Wesley Colford, their name is. And they asked me, how, how can we help share and I think a lot of people are doing that right now and they're reaching out to indigenous communities and individuals and artists, especially right now. How can we share? How can we um, bring something into the space to, to help people see um, the beauty of indigenous culture and Mi'kmaq culture specifically? And, and I was having a really hard time grappling what I would create at that time because, as you might know, um, there was, being, there was graves being found across Canada at the same time. And that was the same time I was writing someone. And, and knowing um, that I come from a community who has struggled with having clean drinking water and communities around me and relatives that I know who currently don't have that in their life. Um, so I kind of had a, a lot of negative uh, ground in, in, in my starting of that. Yeah. But that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to share just those negative feelings that were bottling up um, because we have no choice but to feel a certain way because that's how we live. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I thought about what does, what does water actually mean to me? Mm. What does someone do for us as people? And how can I help share that in a way that we each connect to it and that we each can you know, feel like, you know, this is about me too. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can relate to this or that story about Nedugalimk and two-eyed seeing that, you know, that it doesn't just refer to indigenous living and livelihood, that it also represents all mm -hmm. and the land and the earth that we live on and recognizing that. Um, and I also think about, in relation to, to the show I wrote, is, is uh, climate change. Mm -hmm. And where we are with that. Um, if you've watched someone or have seen it on YouTube, it's up there now. Um, 
there's a representation of an iceberg. Mm -hmm. And that was my way of bringing forth the, the happenings um, in the schools and children, um, but also sharing that topic about climate change and, the, and melting glaciers. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot to cover mm -hmm. in terms of it, but um, yeah. I can share forever and ever about it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, that's that overlapping uh, bit of uh, not only the human part of it, but mm. just the environmental impact and the the uh, importance that uh, has been put on the land that is definitely being neglected right now. Yeah. It's something we need to really take seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so can you give me a glimpse into your creative process and uh, like what you surround yourself with when you're mm. writing or thinking about dance or choreography, things like that? Yeah, um, in I guess I can go back a little bit too. In relation to someone in writing, um, I was working on uh, Sable Island mm -hmm. in Parks Canada. Wow. And I didn't write, I didn't actually handwrite anything, but everything that I thought about in my stories and, and what I've been told in my history and my elders who have shared with me throughout my whole life was literally coming out of the ground and, and I was feeling all of it and what was be being shared to me and being surrounded by the ocean in that way, by on a little speck of land, um, that really sort of curated what I, what I was thinking. Um, because as, as I mentioned to you earlier today, um, I dance, I don't like to talk, and I don't like to write and, or, or, or say what I'm thinking because there's so many things happening. Um, at the same time, I think that might be a creative, a creative thing happening in my mind, but I don't, I'm not really sure quite yet. But, my process is really to be on the land and to connect from the ground up from what, what does that mean? You know, if I'm going to dance about a tree, I'm not going to just think about a tree or write about a tree. I'm going to go to that tree, move at it, move with it, look at it, maybe experience what it's, it's experiencing, recognize where its roots are coming from, um, and then initiate that process from there. Um, I also love music. I really love um, listening to archival music of, of my elders, mm. um, traditional songs or hymns um, or powwow songs, like uh, Gojua songs, uh, which is uh, specific to our Mi'kmaq dances, um, and to move in a way that, that I feel free while I do that so that I don't, you know, there's no specific steps or or a way to feel when, when you hear that song, but it can initiate something um, from within yourself. Um, and another thing I like to, to do is um, layer, layer stories. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm talking about the land, for instance, and, and that place, maybe I'm talking about where a building was put on top of that land. Mm. Um, and what does that mean? Or what do I, how do I express that through movement and, and share what that means to me? Um, yeah, 
So it kind of like art slash activism 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, that is always an interesting line to walk. Do you mm. ever, do you like embrace the activist bit? Um, I think I do. I, I, you, you might see in, in, in my show someone, we, there was a part where I asked um, Riley DeWitt, who created the song for me, um, to put pieces of, of government voices in, in the song uh, about water and, mm. you know, those broken promises. And I want to hear the, that voice and that promise being made and shared out loud and move to it. And what does that feel like to hear yourself back saying those words and realizing what has been done? So I guess I kind of subtly do <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and it's, it's um, and, and sometimes I forget to ask permission. <laughs> and, and, and I realize that you don't have to. Right, exactly. And that's the, that's the best part about being an artist is that you can share and create whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I hope whoever's an artist out there is sharing the important messages because there's so many that have to be told um, and we're not even close to being done. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. So what does getting this award mean to you? Hmm. <laughs> I'm extremely honored um, to be chosen for such a award and especially knowing that that it hasn't existed for a long time. Um, and where new indigenous artists are coming up, I, I feel, I don't even know, I don't really know how to express how I feel in that way, but um, it makes me realize that, that there is a chance that, you know, one of those youth or children that were part of my dancing process or who have, have seen seeing things that, that I've done out there, um, know that it's possible mm -hmm. and that they can do it too and that they will be recognized, hopefully, and it's because of who they are mm -hmm. and that they matter. So this, this to me is a, an, an award to realizing that I matter too. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. All right. So if you had any current artistic aspirations that you could think of, what would that be? <laughs> um, I think my aspirations would be to create an Indigenous dance community oh. um, because I, I am currently in the city of Halifax dancing um, and most of the time I'm, I'm on my own in that, in that space and mm -hmm. not many Indigenous artists are out there to connect with, and I think that there are a lot out there that want to be a part of this process. So I want to create some a space for that, um, whether that be like a company of, of dancers or movers or even a, a space to hang out and, and bring your creative ideas to a space. So that's kind of, it's all up in the air right now, um, but those are my, that's part of my dream right now, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us that maybe we didn't cover? Um, no. Well, Aliyah, thank you so much for, for doing this and, and allowing me to share who I am.
Thank you. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Art Pays Me. Just a little reminder, visit artsns.ca to nominate a Nova Scotia-based artist and make sure you apply for a little something-something for yourself. And another shout-out to the wonderful people at Heist and Kiki Beats for making these interviews possible. Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at Art Pays Me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.